Robert is the owner of Small World Realty and has employed hundreds of real estate agents in his 17-year career. He has instructed and mentored over 10,000 real estate agents at the highly acclaimed Champions School of Real Estate and is considered an expert in Texas residential realty. Robert is also an advocate of true entrepreneurial spirit and has helped many to transition from corporate America into the world of self-employment. And now live from the studio to your world, The Smoker Broker. Hey, welcome to Smoker Broker. I'm Robert Mesh, and I'm the guy they call Smoker Broker. Happy June or whatever it is to you. I think it's June. Yeah, it's June. Happy <laughs> summer. Already mid-part of the summer. Gotta go so fast. All I can remember is when you're younger, it feels like it's an attorney. When you're older, it's like, God, how quick does it go? When is it over? You know, it's already, the kids are already starting to look at going back into school, and I hate it. It goes so fast. And it seems like it's always like that. I'll tell you what's not fast is how freaking hot it is you cannot stand when it gets that hot here <laughs> that quick you know i don't mind the july the august that got in june when it's already up in the hundreds and no rain and we didn't get any rain last night and we were supposed to we we're supposed to get a ton of rain it's supposed to be cooler and i guess it's cooler but i don't consider high 90s cooler so uh, we're definitely in our summer um rain there our summer um uh season and this is usually the uh premier time um that we are selling houses and we are uh the market's very good contrary to popular belief that you know the market is in disarray or it's cooling down or whatever truth be told the market is very good in fact it, i it's probably in the top three percent of markets we've ever had historically so uh, regardless of what you hear on other media, national media, because a lot of times they're responding to other states. Uh, what is going on right now in the state of Texas is actually very good. Are the houses selling as fast as they were uh, a few months ago? No. Last year? No. Is that a bad thing? No. Uh, because it was already ridiculous. It was already absurd. In fact, it was almost kind of weird. It was almost kind of weird that they were selling where they were and how fast they were selling. We've been saying it till we're blue in the face, and we're going to keep saying it until the rest of the general public and all of our clients understand. And this is very good what's happening from a two standpoint. Um, one, that it is cooling off because the prices you do not want to get that high because it causes instability or volatility, I guess. And we want an interest rate that's a little higher to make things more even. You have low interest rates. Anything that you have is extreme is never good. You don't want one way too far or the other way. You want it somewhere in between. Housing market especially. You want the housing market to be balanced. The only way the housing market is ever truly balanced is by a fair interest rate. Now, we've been talking about this for the last month or two, and we're going to keep talking about it just the same until everybody understands. The rate continues to rise. Every show we do, it's been higher. In the last month, it went from 4.5 to 5 to 5.5 to 6 to low 6. And I think it's somewhere right there right now. And it's going to go higher. It's going to probably be at 7 before we get to fall. And there's nothing wrong with that. The world doesn't stop buying houses because of the interest rate. They might pause, but they don't stop. Nothing stops divorces, nothing stops death, nothing stops job loss, nothing stops relocation. The only thing that changes when the interest rate goes up is whether the, the size of house that we get. That's the only thing that changes. As always, I bring my guys on. I can't do the show by myself. They're a lot better than I am at it anyways. Um, I really don't think it was worth a damn without them on there. I uh, always got my buddy over there, Brent Holbert. Uh, he helps me. Run the firm, longtime friend. Got my other buddy down there, Jim McCall. He's been with me for a long time as well. Good friend. Can't do anything without them. And, you know, we've been trying on our podcast for the last month or two uh, with experimenting with bringing on uh, a lot of our um, core agents. And it's worked out very well. And we're going to continue to do it. And that is no different than today because we have Laura Carlisle, who's actually a good friend of mine, too, uh, with. Hey, she is. We're all friends. Yeah, all friends. All friends. I'd like to believe that. 
of my age. I'm not. Brent, Brent is not. Brent was a friend, but he's no longer a friend. Brent, um, Brent doesn't look friendly today. He's not. No. He really never has been. So, um, uh, Laura is the epitome of what we want our agents to be when we bring them on, especially when they're, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say Laura's new because she's not, but any agent is still new that's under 10 years because it takes a long time to gain the experience. But some of them come on quicker, some of them learn faster, and it's clear that they have a career in real estate. And Laura's one of those. She jumped in super fast to this. Uh, you know, for the people that know her, they already know how strong she is. But for anyone who really doesn't know her real estate side, because she's, you know, she does, she works and, and she's been doing it for a long time. But her real estate experience is very strong. And uh, her clients are lucky to have them, uh, lucky to have her around. And uh, they're lucky to have, um, she's lucky to have them. Her knowledge overall in a short period of time is well beyond the average real estate agent. So we love having her. Uh, she is exactly what we wanted to start highlighting on these types of shows. Uh, and today's no different. Uh, I actually had Laura slated for uh, our dual career show, um, which she would be great at there. Uh, but I had to switch things around. And the good thing is, no matter what topic I switch, uh, she would be a great fit because she's versatile in all of the subjects that we do. So today we're going to be talking about open houses. And we go through a lot of topics here. You know, some are more important than others. Some are more interesting than others. You know, open houses kind of sit in the middle of, eh, is it too exciting? Is it not too exciting? Is it important or is it not? Depends on how you look at it. You can make a case for open houses several different ways. You can make it to where it's extremely important right now because people are coming in and they're active buyers and we can actually get houses sold quicker, which is the primary thing we're supposed to do. That's going to be a takeaway from today. Or we're able to pick them up if they don't buy that house. There's times in the real estate industry that that's not necessarily true. Um, there are even ways that you can lean on an open house that it's one of the best teachers of agency from the academic side, because it actually is the uh, open house basically is the beginning and the end of agency and tells you how to do it. So it does have high levels of importance the way it's mixed in. Now I like the guys that we have today, how we do, especially today because Brent has created modern um, day open house than I ever used, uh, you know, which is why he runs this thing with me. Jim has done it for a long time and integrated both. And Laura has come into it um, learning the modern way, but knowing the older way too. So they're going to give you a really good picture as to what's important with the open house. So I want to start off, you know, Brent, I want you to run through the open house in general, the process of it, and then we're going to talk about the pieces. But most important. I want you to kind of hint on, on the um, that there's a technical side to it, uh, what an agent's supposed to do, and there's a marketing side to it. And then we'll all chime in as we go through, okay? So the number one goal is to get clients for yourself. <laughs> I only spit that out. <laughs> you know, yes. it's funny. So anybody's watching and watches this on, um, on Retaker Archive, he said that because most of the people were watching it before I spit anything out. They were like, yes. And I'm like, no, that is not what we're doing here. And he knows it. That's the last thing we're going to do. But what's funny is that's going to be one of the biggest takeaways from today is that that is the exact opposite. But the fact that he starts off with that and someone who's watching is like, oh, this is great. I'm like, no, not what he's talking about. So if you want to hear the real answer, go to my podcast later. <laughs> so, I mean, open houses historically have not been all that successful. Um, you know, 2% of buyers come from an open house. 
Um, it's something that looks good to a seller. It looks like you're actively marketing their property. Uh, they watch you know, HGTV and all those other channels, and they think that this is what we need. We need a broker open because our house is so special that we need the top agents in the world to come <laughs> see it because they don't have the MLS for some reason. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's visually appealing to a seller. We put our house uh, on the market. We have an open house. Everyone comes through it, and, and we get an offer immediately, and that's pretty rare. Um, I mean, I've gotten buyers for that house or open house before it, it happens it's not all the time um but we typically do it as a way so the sellers think we're doing something even though we're working all the time that's where they can see us actively working to sell their property even though behind the scenes we're doing you know a hundred times more so you know we usually host an open house on on a saturday or a sunday a couple hours two to three hours uh, sometimes both days and um you know, we, we basically just open it up for neighbors, for people that are interested, uh, for lazy agents that don't feel like showing it. They just send their clients to the open house. Um, I've done it. <laughs> but hey, it's in Fort Worth. It was an open house on Saturday. Go check it out. Let me know. Um, and, and, and that's when they can tour it. And, and, you know, there obviously has to be somebody that represents the seller there, right? You can't just leave the door open. So we've got to have either the listing agent or somebody else from that firm hold that house open. And I was thinking about this the other day, and I actually think it's more beneficial for a seller to have another agent besides the listing agent hold that house open. Because if I'm the listing agent holding it open, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get paid on that house whether they go with me or not, right? So in a way, and I'm not saying me per se, but a listing agent would be more tempted to take that buyer and go find a different property. Whereas if there was another agent, they would try to grab that buyer and get them to buy that property because they'll get the 3% on that. So let's talk about this because you laid it out very well because it's a core concept and a takeaway from today that's important for agents to understand and the general public is that this episode does get pushed to a lot of clients. So, because we are giving them our, um, our audience that are agents, we're giving them what they need to show their seller going, look, this is what I'm talking about. So let's talk about the big one. Does if a seller really understood the open house, Laura, I'll put you on the spot. Seller <laughs> really understood the open house. Is it something that they would really want an agent to do if they really knew historically, not right now, historically, would they really want us to do the open house? <clears throat> well, my first thought is, um, yeah, you're right. The last couple of years that I know of, um, I don't even think you had to do an open house since houses were selling within the first day or week. Right. But you know, I, I believe that if maybe it was on the market for a week and a half or two, then I think that they would probably want, want an open house. Yeah, they want it. They, yeah. They, that, and that's what I wanted you to say. They want the open house. But if we told them, like bluntly, like we would never yeah. say, if we said, guess what happens at the open house? So let's talk about the open. What's today? Monday. This is great. So let's talk about all the open houses yesterday done across the state of Texas and anywhere else in the country. 95% of those were done by someone who was told you can go pick up clients if you go to that mm -hmm. open house. So you have an individual who went in there being told that with their sole purpose of not yeah, selling the house but picking up clients. If the average seller really knew what that agent was doing, they would be like, get the hell out of my house. I don't. And then the other thing that you have is the nosy neighbors that come in and then just people just happen to see the signs and want to come in and look. The nosy neighbor, the, you know, I've got articles and I haven't had to send them in a long time because open houses have been productive because of the market. But when the market's normal and we do these open houses, 
And like Brent started off with, you know, why do they ask us to do them? They, 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 we used to give them articles where it would talk about how to soothe the crying child that won't go to sleep. And the top thing on there was send them to an open house. I'm like, great. I go, that's not a ringing endorsement as to what these things actually do. So it's true. There are in normal times, that open house probably isn't that well, productive. There's a reason I just sold my house and I did an open house because I wanted to get a damn buyer. You know, I mean, obviously I didn't want to pay another uh, another agent's commission if I could avoid it for my own, but I was trying to get a buyer to get another another house. I don't care. And that was with my own property. So, I mean, it's only, it's only, you know, it's unrealistic to assume that an agent's going to go into your open house and not try to get a buyer, but their priority number one has to be to get that buyer to buy that house. And I know that's going to be the thing that we are eventually going to yeah. really dive down well, to. It. I think, I, I think it, the key part is as they enter in, you have to qualify them really heavily to find out if they are a real buyer or are they a prospect and do they have it? Are they being represented by another agent, you know, to, help you decide on, you know, how to proceed with them further in it. But yeah, I agree with Brent. I mean, I think that I would have done that in my own house for sure. Mm -hmm. house to try to get that buyer. Jim likes to see bank statements before he even lets them into the open house. It's weird. That's right. <laughs> so I sit there and I check that out and Jesus. qualify them. And yeah. We're not, even, away. we're not even going to get into the shady way of doing an open house. <laughs> God knows how that goes. Yeah, it's, so most of you all know who are, are um, loyal to the show or have watched us over the last two, uh, three years. In case you didn't know, I mean, we're on episode, like, I don't know, 160 or something. Uh, so we've done this for quite some time, but, you know, I'm, I'm big on the instructions. Uh, 156, I was damn close. Um, housers. I thought that said hosers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be able to do this with our producer. He's a long time friend. He's fantastic. I give him a hard time there. Um, but I'm big on the instruction side of this, and it's. <laughs> and, hey, by the way, too, you know the those of you who look at a lot of y'all watch podcasts, and I get questions about how you do your podcast and what you do. Anybody can go do their own podcast. A lot of people do it on their own. And you know, you don't have to have a Harvard degree to go do a damn podcast. But you know what Mark's doing right there? That's the reason why you have someone else do it for you. Because you have to have someone who's watching it that has the video side of it, but they can interact and um, you know, keep the show current and it makes a difference on your podcast, which is why we always tell you if you're ever interested in your own podcast, you should talk to us about that because we love to support um, Raven Radio, KBGI, and everything that Mark calls his stuff um, because it's, it's a efficient way to market yourself. So I, I love it when he's putting that stuff out there because it reminded me of it uh, and it made me want to um, say that. But while we're talking about that instruction side, and I'm big on the instruction showing people how to do things right, and that's why we do the show. The open houses, the point we're making here is that those guys get told to go in there for the wrong reason. And they're, they're about to be ambushed. They're, they're going in there and they, they don't know what their real purpose is, which Brent said it, it is to sell the house, but you know, they're out there doing everything, but selling the house. You know, we're talking to Laura and Laura answered it perfectly. Do they want us to do an open house? Yeah, they want us to do it. But if we really told them, Hey, look, do you know what's going to happen? They'd be like, no. So let's talk about some of those idiot moves that some of those agents make or made yesterday. You know, um, one of my favorites is when I walk into one and the agent has a stack of the MLS listings in the neighborhood, basically showing all the houses that are currently on the market. Now, I always want to, and if, and, and if it's one of mine, I'm going to have a hell of a time with them. But if it's anybody else, you know, I always want to be like, hey, great job. Great job of advertising this seller's competition, 
showing everybody else that these other houses are out there. And even better, great job for documenting your incompetency and your disloyalty as the broker to this particular client. Because you're basically documenting that there's competition and you should go look at it. And as soon as I'm done with this open house, we can go do that. Congratulations. That is the most stupid thing you can do in an open house is to document your stupidity by showing the competition out there. Y'all, we're not there to show the competition. In fact, we don't give a damn about the competition. In fact, we hope that they don't exist because we don't mm -hmm. want to acknowledge them. Our primary goal is to get that freaking household, no matter what. You know, then I, I, then I think you, I wonder doing that if you're kind of walking the fine line of, you know, you know, the law or agency and, you know, you know, so. You're breaking your most loyal, your most. The canons. Theory. Yeah. Um, bound to a client that you told them you'd work in their best interest. And here you are clearly not working their best interest. I'm going to give you a takeaway here. This is the big one because this is what a lot of people won't mistake. I won't be hypocritical. Even my guys do this sometime because Brent doesn't do his job and train them like they're supposed to be trained. That's true. <laughs> when somebody does the open house for you, and we're talking within the firm, we'll talk about with outside the firm in a minute, but within the firm, when another agent does that for you, it's amazing how many of those agents don't realize that they too represent that seller. Laura, mm -hmm. if Jim has you to do an open house for him and it's his listing, is it really Jim's listing? Who owns the listing? Oh, the seller? No. If the Jim has a house that he's selling? We do, the broker. Oh, the brokerage. That's right. We do, which means you own it. Because you become a part of that brokerage. You are a part of that brokerage, which means you represent them represent too. Them. And it's amazing how many of those agents do not realize that they are actually the ones representing that seller, yet they're trying to go get clients. I'm like, did anybody even ever teach you this? I mean, did, like, you just, did you just come in and they say, hey, go do that open house? You're like, great. And you went out there. It's it's just a disaster. Well, that, that's why I added one little line. I'm like, hi, I'm Brent. I'm uh, I represent the seller, but I'm not the listing agent. You know that way, if they want to go with me, you know, then we could get a buyer's rep signed later. So but I like that. I, I like that because it, that's okay. And when you said that, I had to pause for a second. I'm like, why does he say it like that? Because it's so high level, Robert, you're just not ready for it. I wouldn't argue with you on that. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> that's a good statement because you're telling them what you are, but you're also making the comment that you're not just necessarily tied down if they, in fact, do not want this house. No, I'm saying that if they do want this house, I could send them to a buyer's rep. And I don't know what the sellers told that listing agent. So that's the other side of it. That's okay. I can see that too. Um, yeah, I was that's looking, a good idea. I, I was looking at it from you could open it up if they went somewhere else, but you're right. Mm -hmm. Inside the house too, you could do that. Because if they knew I was the actual listing agent, they wouldn't tell me anything, right? Like they're like, oh, well, then you're the person that we're not going to disclose. Maybe we don't have an agent. We're not going to say anything. But yeah. now it's opened up to like, well, I don't represent that. I'm not the listing agent. I represent the seller, but we can sign you to a buyer's rep. I didn't make you director of ops or nothing. That's good. That's smart. Uh, I wouldn't have, uh, I would have never thought of it like that. You know, I tell you, the show, we've always pressed that it's educational um, because it teaches you stuff that's not in any types of books. But, you know, if you want any type of vindication or endorsement, uh, even on my own show, I'll hear things and I'm like, that's a good idea. Uh, and that's something I never thought of that way. That that actually is a good way to present on the open house because you're you're still acknowledging the seller and doing your job there, but you are also opening the door professionally to what could potentially happen. So I like that. That's that's Thanks,
That's pretty smart, man. That's pretty smart. Well, I, I think in the end, the only thing you have to clear up is are they represented by another agent or have they signed an, an agreement? And, and they had. I don't let them in. Don't let them in. <laughs> and they, I don't know. And, and if they haven't, I mean, I guess it depends. I mean, technically, I guess you could get them, but you know, do you well, let's, do, uh, you know, Jay, do let's, fellow agent? So let's talk about the let's talk about the opening of an open house. You know what you're supposed to do. You know, I, I told you we we're going to do the marketing side, and we were going to do the technical side, and we're kind of just mixing them up, which is fine because we don't script the show. I like it to go whichever way it can because it's going to be productive no matter what. But let's talk about the intro because what you're hinting at really falls in there. You know, Laura, we, when y'all are taught and you're in school, you're taught to be careful when you meet somebody. And, you know, we go through two types of disclosures, you know, right? We go through representation and we go through agency. Agency's IBS and representation is just basically telling them who we are. Yeah. And, and, and of course the IBS, we're reading the rights. When they come into the open house, we don't have to give them the IBS yet because we haven't been told by them that they're doing anything substantial yet. All we have to do is tell them who we are. Uh, You know, it's funny. If you remember that didn't even exist prior to 1995 representation, we didn't even have to tell them that. But because we tell them that if we tell someone who's coming in that we represent the, se- the seller, clearly as a buyer, they're going to be careful what they say to us, right, Laura? Right. They're um, not going to tell us whatever they want. Yeah, most definitely. And I, you know, I like what you said, and this was probably going to come up anyways. Um, you always want to act like the seller's in the next room. And I try to remember that no matter where I'm at. And it's, point. and it, um, it helps you to stay on task, I guess, and, and say the right things and not say something that you wouldn't want the seller to hear. Yeah. You know, I take a, I take a lot of pride in our agents and how they learn and the stuff that we teach them. And like what Laura, Laura is repeating something that, she has been taught. It's not in any of the books. It's not in any script. She's been taught by us that exact line because she knows how important it is. Because she knows by the way she acts that she has to be doing that. If that seller hears her, they have to believe what she's saying. They have to be like, that's exactly what I would have said. And, you know, and, and a, a big takeaway from here is she said that she pretends that she can hear the seller. Well, she probably doesn't have to pretend because 63% of them are in fact listening because of all the devices. Probably more than that now. And and I do believe it's higher. I do believe we're getting to where we're over 75% of the households. Now I have to admit, I'm shocked that I don't have any of those in my house. I really am. I'm shocked that I don't have any device that you know of. Yeah, maybe I should go check. You know, have some on. I don't know. I, I don't want them in there just for the legal implications. <laughs> but it's a great point to I'm make. Talk about my bank statements. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great point to make because it's it's probably one of the biggest takeaways from today is that even if you knew that alone, that might stop you from doing some of the other stupid stuff, like telling a buyer the first time they say, well, I saw this house down the road that's like this one. And you responding, well, I get off in 20 minutes. I'll go look at that. Well, do you think mm-hmm. your seller wants to hear you say that to that mm-hmm. person? Well, if you do, you don't belong having a license because you should know damn good well that they don't want to hear that. <laughs> and it, it's consistent with they want to know that you're trying to sell the house. Now, is there going to be a point in time where they realize that you've exhausted all efforts and done your best, and now you should try to go get them? Sure. But until then, we're going to do everything we can to sell that house. I remember I was holding an open house for Mark about three or four years ago, and they happened to have one camera downstairs. And it was like in an awkward place, but I knew where it was. 
and these buyers were not interested in this house. So you can tell, you know, they just like, this isn't going to work for us, blah, blah, blah. So then they go and stand right in front of the camera and they're like, can you show us something else? And I'm, and then I was like, okay, I need to do this right. So I'm like, well, what did you think of this house? And they start just destroying the house on in front of that camera. And I'm like, all right. So I actually did not go after them. Yeah. <laughs> Unplugged. Those damn cameras. Yeah, you just awful. We probably need to do a show on camera interaction because we do have a lot of stories uh, where we get the the door ring and people. It's amazing to me how many people don't realize that the the door ring it can hear them from about ten to fifteen feet away. Everything that they say, and it, it's amazing what. Remember that thing you heard about that person from the other firm? They got in big trouble. Remember last year? And the, you know what? And they deserve every bit of it because, yeah. first of all, <laughs> you shouldn't be saying shit like that, anyways, and yeah. you should be smarter. But uh, that's that's nothing you trouble. I got to tell you, I'm thankful that that technology wasn't as great. When I started, because well, God, what were you saying? What were you saying, Robert? Oh, not me. My stupid <laughs> friend. My idiot friends. They were the yep. important. Oh, my God. I mean, yep. you know, Jason Schubert's out there. He listens every once in a while. <laughs> Him going through, opening refrigerators. I wish Dallas was on here. He could back me up. Open refrigerators, saying what he liked and didn't like. I'm just <laughs> Where did you well, truth be known, truth be known, don't you don't you have to notify people coming in of those devices? So I don't think so. You no, you, oh. you have to go back and tell someone if you're gonna record a conversation that you're having with them and it mm. has to relate mm. to something. That this is a one party state though. Yeah, yeah. So only right. one person has to know. The other day, that's not true, but there's substance to it. And I need to know it because it was important about what we discussed the other day. I can't remember what it was, but um, overall, you can record. I've got to check it. I got to follow up on that because there's something about it. But I don't. You can have it on without telling somebody. I know. I know. In Florida, when you, you have to notify because I sold my father's house there a couple of years ago and we stick this video camera up there and the agent says, you, we got to tell everybody, you know? See, and I got to tell you, as we continue to expand, which by the way, Jim, that was the announcement was we are, getting, <laughs> we are getting to where we are starting to make contacts with multiple States. Uh, mm-hmm. We are executing those plans right now to start moving uh, that expansion forward. But, what you said worries me because that's another barrier. We're going to have to be careful of stuff like that in different states that that's true because what's in Texas isn't the same as in Florida or especially Colorado. That's another barrier we're going to have to watch because I would not have thought about that. And we're going to see stuff like that in different states. So um, another one of the barriers we're having to deal with as we continue to move forward. You know, Brent mentioned at the beginning the broker open house, and this is less important in the conversation, but I think it still needs to be discussed because it opens up kind of what I was trying to hint at earlier about the open houses in general. So we do get those sellers that ask for a broker, a broker open house. In fact, I think two or three of our agents in the past week uh, respectable agents. Um, and, and they did what they were supposed to. Their seller said they wanted them, so they did them. Y'all, if you're going to send this to your clients and, your, and the general public, and I mean this sincerely, if you're the general public and this is you, <clears throat> why would any experienced broker who is literally working 75 to 80 hours a week, if they're experienced, they will be. Why would they take time out of their day to go to your 
open house when all they have to do is pull the damn thing up on mm-hmm. it's every single bit of it probably don't even need to walk it because of some of the technology today what makes you think they're going to come to that and, and better I, have good snacks well so look <laughs> just said the only answer that I could legitimately actually he didn't say it right if he was super smart he would have said the alcohol <laughs> I can say I like I would do that I'd be like well they're probably gonna have some if it was food I'd be like I can get that anywhere but I was like well I'm over in that area they're gonna have a few drinks maybe I'll stop by I I, I can't think of any other reason and look y'all I'm not making fun of you I'm not saying there's an intelligence gap there I'm telling you from a common sense level, what broker would go to that particular open house? Y'all run one of the largest teams in the country. I have never gone to a broker open house. Even my close friends who have done them in Aspen never gone. So I don't know what you're thinking to accomplish. I, I, I'll take a shot at my own firm. Uh, our, our, our broker, just because I'm, I'm, I'm genuine that way. I'll, I'll say good and bad. Uh, so I used to love it. So I worked for Keller Williams in the beginning, and of course I work for Keller Williams now, and I love that. But Keller used to, and they still do, they have where the, the local offices will uh, have open house tours where they put their flags on and the office goes on the open house tours and everybody goes and you know and there's a bunch of Keller Williams agents at this particular house and you know if you're listing house near you'll have someone go well, I want that and I'm like what all those people that just showed up at that house those Keller Williams agents that did that I, I go you know none of those people are busy right <laughs> I go if, if they were busy they wouldn't be there <laughs> they'd be doing something else uh, you know why they're there? Because what Brent said, they were hungry or worse. They wanted to pretend that they were real estating. Yeah, and I used it like a verb. <laughs> they wanted to pretend. There's nothing worse than pretend real estate. These are the people that their significant other says, you haven't done a damn thing. You're not doing anything. So they go into the office and they pretend. Well, I'm at the office, so obviously I'm real estating. And then, and then they go, I'm going to go to this open house today because that's real estate. It's not doing a damn thing. Real estate is going to find buyers and sellers and converting them. That is real estate, not going to open houses. So, and, and I'll catch flack from that from some of my peers because they'll be like, hey, look, we need to do that. I'm like, I'm sure there are examples. But for the common person out there to sit there and for them to, to ask us to do that, because they think it's going to help. That is something that should be addressed. Is you know, it right in the luxury? Yeah, I'm sorry. Down. Laura, you jump in. <laughs> I'll go add something there. You jump in, Laura. I was just asking, is it more prominent in the luxury part of real estate? I mean. A great comment. And if I had gone where I didn't say it, that's where I would get it. I would have been slaughtered. Yes. That is different. That is okay to do the open houses there. And I'm so, I, I, I would have gotten in so much trouble <laughs> with some really good, intelligent peers of mine that would have said, you know that we have to do those for the luxury. That is absolutely correct. The luxury is different. The luxury for a, a broker open house does matter. Um, in a $300,000 house, no. But in a million or two million dollar house, yeah, it matters. So I'm so glad that you said that because if I got out of this podcast without saying that, I don't believe every broker who ever watches to say that show ain't worth the shit because they're not they're hurting people or they're not telling them right. That would have been a bad thing to miss. That is absolutely true. And I do believe in that. For the luxury homes, you should do it. Because well, and we're talking five, five million plus, you know, we're not talking about a small one. We're talking about large ones where you have buyers from different countries, from different states. I, that I, are would, looking. Argue one, I would argue one million. I would. In this market, you get one million in Garland, and I'm not kidding. You know, 
It's a close one. Don't question it. It's a close one. <laughs> Jim, did you have something to say? Oh, I was just, yeah, I, I agree in luxury homes because I, I've sold those for years. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, of course, now I, I kind of agree with Brent and that, you know, millions like every day now. It's like, you know, it's almost <laughs> unbelievable. It's like every day now. So I could see going two million and up. But uh, but I, what I was going to talk about, too, is sometimes these open houses, it really depends what, what's the weather like doing it. I mean, in Texas, it's 104 degrees. You think people are going to go out and go look at a house in 104 degrees and, and go to an open house? So... So you got to kind of pick that strategy when is a good time to do it. So, Brent, I just took my legalized Adderall. Talk about the holidays. What yeah, are- well, I mean, not even just holidays, but I mean, so that's one thing, right? When you schedule it, you've got to make sure that it's not on Memorial Day weekend, Labor Day weekend, Fourth of July weekend. It's going to be dead. People are with their families, even in the hot market. Um the other thing is, and I've made the mistake, is I've scheduled an open house during the Cowboy game. People oh, aren't coming. Yeah. yeah. You know? The, the, the only thing that's great, that's, that's a great comment. The only thing I'd also add on there, I have seen some. Laura would probably do this. She's a Cowboy fan. I could see her doing this. Uh, if you advertise the open house that y'all are watching the Cowboy game while you do the open house. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. I'd like to say also, I know that having the open houses, you know, I don't want it to come across that they're, they're not good because for a new agent, like Mm -hmm. I was a couple years ago, it got me out of my shell. It got me talking real estate, being able to explain things, looking at the house, learning about the house, learning about the neighborhood, you know, um, the businesses and the stores around there. It, It was something really, that really helped me in the beginning you know, as far as real estate's concerned. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, Laura, that's why we reserve it for new agents only. So. Well, and, and look, Laura, you just <laughs> vindicated why we are doing the right thing with having you guys on because that's the point that we probably don't emphasize enough. It's not that the open house is bad. Um, does it serve the purpose that people right. think it does? No, but you could not be more right that not only is it a way for the agent to get out, they also typically go with someone who's already been where they're trying to go and they learn and they hear from them. And there's a lot of idle time and they talk to them. Mm -hmm. I, I almost could argue that the greatest benefit for an agent doing an open house is not the potential of getting a true buyer, but more from the knowledge they get from the other person that's there. Yeah. And I've been proud of our group and you know, you're on that same team that's been driving that. Um, I love how you guys team up uh, even the ones that have been doing it for a while. I mean, as much as I can't stand Brent and Jim, when I'm around them, I, I learn more. I mean, I do. I, I just, I, they, we, we, we talk a lot. They'll say something. I'm like, it's a good point. And I don't think there's enough that can be said about being around your peers and having conversations, whether it's on the phone, whether it's Zoom, whether it's in person. It's, look, so Brent spends more time with me than anybody on the phone. Or anybody and through email and text. I'm so sorry, Brent. I know. Yeah. Thank you. He's the problem. He's the one that's the, he's the one that's irritating. But we we go, Brent will tell you. I, I don't know how many times a day that I'm going through something. I'm like, ah, I go, that's a huge piece that we're missing that should go here. And it's just, it's the fact of being around those people. So Laura, your point is very valid that it it is, it is a good thing. Is it what the intent that most people think it is? No, but it is a good thing. It is a good thing to do them. And we do believe the open house is good in a normal market. Am I really for the client's sake? Do I think it's great to do? No, 
fact, I think most of them it could hurt them if they get the average dipshit in there. He's not doing what they're supposed to be doing. But <laughs> can we leave that out? Market, yeah, right. In a productive market, though, it uh, you know it, it makes a difference because not only do they have the chance of serving their own client and doing what they asked them to do, they do have a legitimate chance at picking up a buyer and at the same time getting knowledge from one of their peers if they're there. So um, overall, I do think that that's a, um, a, a good thing. And I think it's a good way to sum up and kind of uh, bring the show to a close is that in the end, it is a good thing to have them. It's not why people think it's a good thing. It's all the reasons we gave you as to why you're doing them. Uh, can a client come from them? Eventually, sure. Uh, but if you haven't learned how to get the house sold first before you start trying to pick up that client, you got problems. So it's not just the marketing side of it. It's not just the, you know, uh, I want to do this because somebody told me. It's the, I need to do it right. And then I need to try to go pick them up. And if you've gone through our agency podcast before, which by far the best ones knowledge-wise, uh, we actually use the open house interaction to teach people agency. Because if you think about it, it embraces all of it. When you meet somebody, what's the substance? What did they ask? What are they asking you? Did they ask you for advice and opinion? What do they want? Do they Are they represented? Could they become a client? All the agency format are in the open house. So... Mm -hmm. It is an important tool for us, but not because of what people think. And I, I love Laura making the statement about on the luxury homes. That would have been a terrible mistake on the show not to say that those luxury homes, that, that, that is warranted. And Brent's comment, too, maybe we do need to start. God, Jim, did you ever think there'd be a day that we started saying one million is not luxury in Texas? I mean... No, it's just, it's really strange. I mean, it is. Don't get me wrong. Definition wise, for everybody listening, yeah. it is. I think Keller defines it as what, 700K and up. But mm -hmm. there are a lot more $1 million homes out there than there used to be. <laughs> and that's just the a product of uh, the real estate world that we live in. Look, I want to thank everybody for listening. I especially want to thank Laura. You know, I told you, uh, Laura was supposed to be set for our dual uh, career show. Uh, because she masters that more than anything, but any of her clients out there, her dual career means nothing to us. She puts real estate uh, as her top priority because she partners with us. A lot of her clients don't know that, but we do a lot of the work. If she can't, we help her with it. So you're always getting two for one with her. Uh, and she's extremely intelligent on the real estate side of it. One of our uh, best, and uh, I don't like calling her up and coming because I already feel she's where she needs to be, but even judging by what you see on the show, you can clearly tell uh, that when she adds to, there's literally, there's over a hundred years experience in the three cubes uh, above her. And the fact that she contributes to, you know, literally half of the show, uh, should be a testament to why uh, we think so well of her. So Laura one, thanks for making the time today. Thank uh, you. Thanks for always being uh, who you are because you are an integral part of the firm that we run. And always thanks to, Brent and Jim, like I said, I really I cannot do the show without it. I love that we do it unscripted because I think you get more knowledge that way than if we had, you know, 150 episodes, 156 episodes, and we've never scripted any of the podcast with you. I think that's pretty incredible. And I, and I can testify to that because all we get is an email is, hey, can you, here's the link. Can you be on the show? I don't know what it's about. And, and, and let me tell you, I don't know whether I'm embarrassed by it or not. I've done it 10 minutes before. I'm like, maybe we should do this today. So mm -hmm. one thing that's great about if you expertise in real estate, it does not matter if somebody asks you about it. And the guys will tell you, they like to bust my chops about how much I can talk. But make no mistake about it. I probably can go 24-7 talking real estate. I, I probably could go nonstop if I wanted to. And I would think if you're experienced enough, 
you probably could as well. So we love talking about it. We're compassionate about it. You know, we don't do 156 episodes of this for our health. We do it because it really reinforces our brand. Um, cannot tell you how many people we interview uh, that have cyberstalked us first. That's a favorite word that I get from a lot of our interviewees that they've cyberstalked us before. Uh, watch the shows. Um, you know, our producer Mark is listening right now, and station owner. We've had a we're I'm slow on getting our um, my smoker broker page up that in in, in houses are. Uh, videos and I, and I could say that Brent's done a lousy job of getting them over there too but we're, we're busy <laughs> hard for us to do it flows but, down here right Brent <laughs> but yes it does those are watched by a lot of people who interview with us and a lot of people who go through classes and it's worth the time that we put into it to do it you know our producer would also tell you that there are hundreds and thousands of people that try to do podcasts. They, they're, they have so much ambition and hopes because they have like four or five ideas that are the greatest ever. And then after that, they don't have a damn thing to say. And you can't do a podcast unless you have continuing information that's important to people all the time. Not easy to do three years worth, almost four years of podcast every other week and have information that people listen to. And you'll also notice that on our show, it is rare that we repeat a topic within inside of six or seven months. So it's built for you. It's designed for you. We make no money off of it. Um, we probably should try harder with that, but we don't. Uh, it's for the educational and the branding side of it. Uh, and plus, we love doing it. So we thank you all for watching. Uh, we'll see y'all next week. We are going to be talking about expectations. Uh, and when I say next week, we'll be in the same close because we're about to close this one and do that episode right back after it. So <laughs> y'all have a good one. Always go to joinswr.com if you are interested uh, in full-time or part-time real estate. We're one of the only ones that cater to all types of agents out there. We're one of the only ones that have a system to cater to those types of people. We do insist that we are one of the best, if not the best, support team in the entire country. That is a bold statement to make. We have the street cred to prove it. Y'all have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Boy, Brent got away.